Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've heard us talk about how much we love Zancaster. We've told you about how awesome their podcasting platform is. How easy it is to host, record, and publish adventures in collecting with their all-in-one web app. Well, now they're giving you our listeners the opportunity to support us and the nearly 30,000 other podcasts powered by Zencaster. That's right. Now you can invest in the podcasts you love through Zencaster's crowdfunding campaign. For as little as $100, join a community of other investors who seek to help Zencaster and independent podcasters like us succeed. If you're interested in investing in Zencaster, go to wefunder.com slash Zencaster or click the link in our episode description below to claim your slice of the future of podcasting. That's wefunder.com forward slash Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. collecting is about toys, but it might not be for your children, especially if you don't like words like or or Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, we are back. We're back. We're here. We are. We're here. Yeah. We're still doing this. (laughs) We are. Um, I mean... Did you think we weren't? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm running out of things to say in the beginning here. It's just kind of yeah. like, you know. I, oh, that's that's why I've kept it steady for <laughs> like a hundred some odd episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it's like everybody at this point knows. It's like they see the tile. They know what's coming. So I'm not going to do do the thing that you're going to tell me not to do. Yeah, don't bury the lead. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. So, yes, of course. Uh, you know, as is typical on the show, we have a guest with us today, and we have a a, a new first time guest on the show. Uh, just 18 months ago, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, along with t- this week's guest, announced the launch of the Major Bendy's Wrestling Figure line. Uh, this line harkens back to the days of Just Toys Bendems, and since the launch, they've signed deals with talents such as Dan House and Jeff Jarrett, Johnny Gargano, Gangrel, and more with already uh, many of those hitting market. So joining us this week on the show is Mike Kanick, co-owner of Major Bendy's Kanick. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you so much. That is an intro. I would like you to come with me everywhere I go and just say that. <laughs> I, when, when the sliding doors open at Trader Joe's, I want you to say it. <laughs> when I go into the post office, I want you to say it. I want that following me everywhere I go, especially my Tinder profile. Well, the good news is, <laughs> is that after this airs, you can take the snippet of the recording and you can do whatever you want to do with it. Like, you could literally make that a reality. Yeah. You can copy gonna, and paste it in. Like, it's all good. I'm going to turn into my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, that's going to go over great. You know what? Save that for date number two. Don't. <laughs> that's a date number two. That's not a date number one thing if you're using it for Tinder. Just, you know, yeah. amongst friends here. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for, for joining us on the show. We're excited to, to talk Major Bendies. But before we get into that, as this is a show about collecting, the first question we ask all of our guests, what are you currently collecting and what are some of your recent pickups? Uh, I mean, I think a lot like everyone in this community 
you just buy so much. I, I showed you earlier before we went on air. I have a Power Rangers Lightning collection. I have um, autographed WWF Hasbro's, autographed WWF Retros. I have a Mattel collection. I love what um, Zombie Sailor is doing with Heels and Faces, so I pick up all his stuff. I, I just got the Super 7 Simpsons. Um, I love these figures. Um, I think it's one of Super 7's best products right now. And if Matt and Brian are hearing this, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have their figures as well. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much what I've been collecting. Um, I'm, I'm, I just buy everything, really. I, I know this stuff that I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, those those Simpson figures, they're, they're starting to pop up everywhere. What, what's your what's your initial reaction? Do you, do you, uh, are you into them? Yeah, I love them. I think it, it's a nice mixture of having the main characters with the side characters. Because you need those side characters, and I think the side characters of the Simpsons are cooler than the actual Simpsons. Like, I'm excited for a Duff Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hank, Hank Scorpio. Scorpio is like high on my Hank list. Scorpio, like, yeah. Like I would love a Hans Molman or a Hans Jasper Molman. Beardley. I was saying, yes. Burns. Like those are the side characters that that's the the way I want to collect those. I think. Who's, I figured it out. Who's Mr. Burns' son's name? Was it Larry, um, who was voiced by Roddy Dangerfield? I want I, that. <laughs> that would actually be a great I figure. I believe so. Yeah. Or like Herb, Homer's brother. Yeah. DeVito, yeah. They should do like Mr. Plow Homer. Like they did like the, you know, they, yes. they did like the, the Homer in space. Like don't make yeah. just like a regular Homer out the gate. Make all like the weird like alternate mm-hmm. costumes like dancing homer would be great that's the one dancing homer is what i would want who uh disco stew i want disco yeah. stew comic book um, guy comic book guy mm-hmm. um i just like i like all those old school vague characters um they did it with necker um i want a bret hart i want a stanley um i want the monorail guy. Lyle Landley. Lyle yeah. Landley, yeah, that would be a great <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean we like so we just had uh Brian Flynn on on the show and he's Troy McClure. Like that's the kind of stuff that he like he called out like he wants to do like the weird like ancillary yeah. stuff. Like it's like, oh, they're making like Simpsons reaction figures, but it's all going to be McBean. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's amazing. That's genius. McBain. He'd be another good one, yeah. too, if they did a, you know, a, a McBain uh, ultimate. <laughs> I mean, it's effectively just Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, so I, I'm excited for the Duff, man, because I can do a Pat's Blue Ribbon. I'm going to do a crack right here. Get that sponsorship deal. There you go. There you go. Take a swig. A major um, PBR making a guest appearance on Adventures in Collecting. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of action figure <laughs> synergy we're all about. Is this a crossover episode? It is now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you're a man of many roles. Um, how did you get into working with collectibles? So, um, I think we've all kind of, at one point, did our like side hustle of trying to flip things on eBay and stuff, um, go to garage uh, sales and find what you can find and just go to like those flea markets and stuff. I, I guess it was like a very Gary V thing uh, before <laughs> Gary V. But um, yeah, I was just doing that since I was like 10 years old, but even before that, um, so I would like go to the flea markets and stuff and buy stuff. And then I would either flip it in school or um, I was actually really early on on eBay um, as a kid um, because my parents just did not know what the hell I was doing. And there was no way to monitor me. Um, but I also got a um, hundred bucks from my grandmother for my birthday. And then um, I took that and bought a, a booster box of Pokemon cards. And, um, this was when I was in the third grade, I, um, would open up the packs, take out the duplicates, put the duplicates to the side, put them in my school binder 
and I would take them to school and sell it to kids. And I was making um, in profit after everything I spent about somewhere between 20 to $100 a week in school in the third grade um, to the point where I was brought into the uh, principal's office because they thought that I was a drug mule. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, yeah. no, no. I'm just selling uh, pocket monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean, what's a Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they just like, they thought I was a drug mule and they told me to stop. And then like a week later, the computer teacher in the school pulled me to the side and was like, hey, I heard you had like a Pokemon card business. Like, can you show me what you were doing? So, because he like, he wanted to do it. And I'm like, so strange and stuff. But so I kind of got it early on. And then um, that's, I always knew that's something I wanted to do. And um, I just didn't know how to get into it. Um, I, I graduated college with a marketing degree and um, a minor in management. And I, um, that's what I went to pursue. And um, I got a job uh, in Manhattan, uh, very low pay. I was the marketing director of this company that now looking back at it, I'm like, this was my college. But at the time, it was just like very, it was basically the office. I was marketing paper. I was literally marketing copy paper. And I was like, I need to do something in collectibles. And I started to produce my own comics because I this was at the time when store variance was a big thing. So I partnered up with a, a comic book shop in Jersey City. I paid for the whole run of the variant. Um, it was Amazing Spider-Man issue number seven, I'm going to say, um, with the cover art with Wilson Cabots. And at the time, I was running a comic book blog. And um, so I had the comic book blog's website on the cover, and um, I was selling that book at New York Comic Con. I don't remember what year. <laughs> Everything's just really a blur right now. But um, it did really well. Um, but it was just so much work went into it. Um, and it was so much money that you had to invest. So I kind of just took a break from doing that. Um, and I kind of just focused on my nine to five. I ended up working, getting a job at uh, one of the top marketing agencies in Manhattan. And my client was one of the top pharmaceutical companies. And I was just listening to the podcast being miserable at this job thinking this is what I wanted and it, it, it sucks. And I was like, this is what I really need to do. I need to go back into collectibles and try to figure out how to do collectibles. So it was really the podcast that really put fire to my ass. And I quickly just went on LinkedIn, typed in um, collectibles and I applied for the first job. Got an interview the next day. A month later, I was hired. I was hired at Eagle Moss, and I was in charge of the WWE license. And um, through there, um, it's kind of how I ended up getting connected with Matt and Brian. Um, they were running a pro wrestling tees uh, promotion where if you bought one of their shirts, um, they'll call you to thank you. And I had just got the job at Eagle Moss and um, I, I told them how I was a fan of the podcast and, um, you know, how they really inspired me to chase the dream of collectibles. And um, now I'm working on the WWE license and I said, you know, I'm going to make sure that we make some figures of you guys. And um, from there, uh, Matt started following me on Instagram and we started chatting back and forth. Um so we were just, you know, two two nerds. Just one's a five foot three hobbit, and the other one is a massive man who needs to eat every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that, that I mean, that's awesome, and I, I'm sure, like, you know, Matt and Brian, we've had Matt on on the show in the past. Um, you know, he's. <laughs> it's funny because like anybody in the collectibles world who doesn't know Matt sees Matt for what he is like, obviously on the outside, yeah. right? Like, you know, yeah, like they see the character yeah. that Matt is. And 
it, you know, as soon as you interact with him, and, and we've heard this from literally, at, like, whether it's, you know, Jeremy Padauer or Steve Evans from Hasbro, um, everybody that interacts with him is just like, he's just a huge nerd that has the mm-hmm. utmost respect for people who are in, you know, industrious, you know, and who are willing yes. to like, you know, be like the, the one thing that I, I, you know, we can all vouch for is that the always ready thing that is not a bit like he is always yeah. ready for everything all the time. And like, he definitely has that respect for, for people that are, you know, ready to, you know, to, to grab an opportunity. And I, I had no idea, you know, and, and I listen to the podcast, uh, you know, major wrestling figure podcast. It's actually one of our biggest inspirations. It's why one of the reasons why for we sure. started doing this. Um, awesome. but yeah, the, the, the fact that that's how you got in with that phone call is just, that's bravo, dude. Bravo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the phone call didn't last that long. It probably was like a minute. Um, but I definitely left some sort of good reputation of my of who I am uh, to Matt. Um, I, I I always tease Brian. I said I don't think you liked me in the beginning, and now it's like Brian and I are literally inseparable. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, from there, I kind of I heard on the show they were talking about. They wanted to make foam fingers. And I said, I know how to make foam fingers. Got the foam fingers made for him in two weeks, dropped to his door. Um, and then he was like, what else can you make? And I go, literally, I'm using the same factories as WWE. <laughs> so whatever you find on WWE shop, I can make. Um, and originally I had told him not to say my name on air because I was afraid that I would get in trouble at my current job. And I also didn't want hundreds of thousands of people messaging me asking for things to be made. Um, And then one day he just dropped my name and then it just became a thing. Uh, He still doesn't know how to say my name properly. It's Kanik, not Kanik. (laughs) Kanik. But... um, so that's how it, it came to be. I, I, you know, I made foam fingers, I made keychains, I made condoms, um, literally everything you can think of. And then during the pandemic, um, I had just washed my wrestling buddies and I was putting them on display. And I said, you know, this could be something that can be easily made at a low minimum. And I pitched it to Matt and Matt said, Look, we'll fund it. You get it made. And I said, Yeah, I, I think I can get it done. Um, just give me 500 bucks and I get, I'll get a sample made. And I had a sample made um, in his hands in a week. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Incredible. And he was like, He was like, Okay, yeah, do whatever you want now. <laughs> like, he just trust me. Oh, man. That's incredible. So, so from. So uh from from foam fingers to plushes to all the the major promo uh items uh, tell tell us about how how we got into major bendies where where did where did where did you come in for that Um so I had just finished shipping out all the the major buddies it was our first time doing them it sold out in a day I was still like new to the whole packing and shipping things. So I had to do 250 orders in a week and I was stressing. And I was like, how am I going to get this done? This is so much work. Now I can do half that in a day. But um, (laughs) it's, um, I had finished and I dropped the last box off to the post office um, sat down in my toy room, uh, opened up a, a bottle of Bourbon County beer that's like 15% alcohol content. Um, so you get a nice buzz pretty quickly. Um, and I was staring at uh, a pile of Bendems that I had just bought at Wrestling Universe because they were running a sale for like, I think it was like $5 each, all mint on card. And I just picked up everything. And I was just staring at it, and I was like, I can do that. 
that that's that's the next thing because I knew Zombie was working on um, heels and faces, and I didn't want to step on his toes. Um, and I'm happy I didn't because literally everyone is now <laughs> doing the same style figure. Yeah. Um, so I just saw that pile and I was like, I can do this and this could be cool because I think there's a big gap for these in the market. There was a lot of people missing. We didn't get the Gangrel. We didn't get the, the, the biker British Bulldog, the Atom Bomb. There's so many and there's more that we've signed. It's in the works. We're just not announcing. Okay. <laughs> we announce when it's on hand. It's a it's a a golden rule now. Um, though, if you go to a live show and you put enough beers into Matt, he'll sell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the farm. <laughs> and I get mad and I start screaming at him. He just laughs at me because I'm just so tiny compared to him. <laughs> But now we're so, we're all the way on to uh, Series 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, Series 3 is shipping right now. Uh, series 3 is uh, Gangrel with a chase that's bloody. We have Effie, um, Chelsea Green, and Cole Cabana. I have to look at the wall because I sometimes can get confused myself of who's in what series. <laughs> It's a it's a that's a wild array, especially with uh, the the new uh, the, the Chelsea Green recent developments. Yeah. World uh, WWE record holder, women's World Rumble record holder, uh, Chelsea Green. She might actually end up being one of the fastest selling uh, major bendies that we have. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we had Tyus. Tyus. Tyus did an insane amount because he went on his show and mentioned it and the site almost crashed. <laughs> yeah, he uh he has he definitely has quite a following and you know and Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure the the Dan House anytime you put Dan Housen on anything, those always sell. <laughs> yeah. Dan Housen is we've done I have to look at my wall again. <laughs> um, I think we've done five Danhausens now, and um, Danhausen just—he's one of my f- favorite people to work with because he—he understands it because he's a collector himself. Um, he understands the brand. He—he he was an original collector of Bendums, um, and and he. Once again, he's just he's one of us, so he gets it. So he knows what people will like and what he wants to see himself. So that that cosmic Danhausen was his idea completely. That's an awesome colorway. Yeah, and and probably one of the wrestlers with like the most surprising crossover appeal in the sense yeah. that people who do not watch wrestling are like, that guy's interesting to me. Yeah, I appreciate what he's doing, and tell me more about him. Yeah, it's it's insane, and his fans. Um, I'm, I I won't compare them to the Tyrus fans because the Tyrus fans don't understand what a pre order is, but <laughs> that's a different story. But the Danhausen fans, they want their Danhausen figures right away, and um. They always end every word with housing. And it's very difficult to read when you're trying to be a polite customer service guy. <laughs> I want my figure housing now housing, damn it, damn it housing. Yeah, that's yeah. how it reads. I mean, the guy's been in the New York Times, like yeah. had yeah. a big profile about him. Like it's the the appeal to him is just like there are friends who are like uh, that I have that are like, you watch wrestling, right? Tell me more about Dan Housen. Yeah, and I'm like okay because he's somebody I enjoy. So I mean, even yeah, I actually, had, I'm sorry, but I I had a friend who was like, oh my god, there's a wrestler in the New York Times. I'm like, yeah, uh, he's actually my friend, and he's messaged me and he asked me to 
get as many New York Times as possible for him. Where did you find that <laughs> uh, the, the newspaper? Because <laughs> I need to get them. Yeah, and I mean, think about it too with him, right? Like, you look at the history of wrestlers that have been signed to major companies, even though they're currently healing from, like, massive injuries, right? It's like Lex Luger, Brian Pillman, Dan Housen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he is uh he is a rare breed, and you know yeah. And again, another guy who is just like super super nice, super nice. The greatest. Guy. Yeah, he the and my girlfriend initially only knew of him as the guy on whatnot that I watched while I had my <laughs> broken leg, and she was like, "So he's like that all the time?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm like, like explaining to her, and she's like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then she came to full gear with me and was like. Oh, so this is like a different version of him, and yeah. I'm like, she's like bought into the Dan Danhausen mythos. The That's Danhausen right. mythos. <laughs> God, I love being alive in 2023. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, like you were saying, many collectors don't often get the opportunity to understand the process firsthand. Um, so what does it take for a Bendy to go from inception to finished product in hand? And how long does that take, Ruff? Yeah, so it starts with communication between Matt, Brian, um, myself, uh, TTD, get some say. Um, we're all in a giant group chat, and we figure out who's going to be the, the, the person that we sign next, right? And that can take anywhere between five minutes to two days of us going back and forth with Borowski saying, no, that's a dumb idea. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, sometimes we just all don't agree. Uh, rarely does that happen. I think we're all very usually on point. Um, but, we discuss, we sign, um, the signings can either take, you know, two minutes for someone to sign the contract or it can take three weeks. It, it really all depends on who the person is. Um, and then it goes into, okay, what gear do we want this person in? And we normally try to decide that before we sign. And then we get images. Um, TTD uses those images then to draw the the art. So he does the concept art, um, and that takes him. It really depends on how much is on TTD's plate because TTD does literally everything. He's one of the greatest humans in the world and one of the nicest people in the world. But it, it'll usually take him about two or three days to get it done, uh, the concept art. Then the concept art goes to our 3D designer. We just got a new 3D designer who, um, he did Series 3, he did Tyrus. Um, his name is Josh, um, Josh Whoop, I think I'm saying his last name right. Um, very nice guy, very talented. So uh, you can hold Series 1 and Series 3 next to each other and you can see that there's a big difference and the face sculpts. Um, so I think Major Bendy's is, is becoming a better product as we move forward. Um, so it'll take him somewhere between uh, three to seven days to finish um, a 3D design. And then that goes to uh, China. Um, so then I hand China, this is TDD's art. This is Josh's art. Um, we need a sample made. That usually gets done in about three days. They send me pictures. I say, cool. Um, ship it over. They ship it to me. Uh, DHL Express takes about another four days. And then I look it over. Uh, I send videos to everyone see everyone's thoughts. If everything is good, um, I give China the thumbs up and then it goes into the mold production. The mold production starts. They'll do a 
pre-production sample for me to check everything. So that's a rubber-styled figure that's painted with all the decals and everything on it. And then they'll DHL express that to me. So I'll get that like in another three or four days. I give the thumbs up and then it goes into production. And then the production can take anywhere between two to three weeks. And then it gets shipped on a boat before, because we were in a pandemic and the docks and the containers and everything was a disaster. Um, you didn't know when it was cutting. It, it, you got it when you got it. Yeah. That was it. There's no mm-hmm. estimate. There's no, no way of figuring things out. So like series one was sitting at the dock, I think for like two months because no one was there to unload it. There was also an issue of no employees at the docks to um, unload the containers. And that's why containers were going from $5,000 a container to up to, I think it was the bid. They were starting to do like auctions for the containers. Um, and that's what really started these um, high prices on goods. It went from $5,000 to, I think, up to $50,000. It was insane. It was just a crazy markup. Um, I actually had Series 1, half airship and then half um, on the boat. And even airshipping, the prices on that were so outrageous because there was so many people doing it. So a Bendy can take anywhere between three to five months into someone's hand. And now, a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubbsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Pop into a new career with CGC, the world leader in pop culture collectibles grading. CGC is seeking world-class Funko Pop experts to lead a new division dedicated to authenticating and grading collectible toys. This is an incredible opportunity to help build a new grading service in a hot collectibles category. Think you can play the part? Apply today at cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. That's cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. Face it, shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go. What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code AIC12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code AIC for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. 
No one likes a weird beard, Dave. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. Eric, it all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Kit doesn't end there, though. They've created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replace natural oils and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap it all off with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. It also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AIC. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And now back to the show. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's always one of those things where when we get people on that, you know, that can speak to the actual manufacturing process, we love to hear it because it's different from you know, a figure that has multiple points of articulation and you right. know, 3D mm-hmm. face scans and, you know, the, the like, the, the, the special, like, you know, inkjet print applications yeah. to something that's, you know, styled differently, something that's a little more, you know, quote unquote, air quote, heavy air quotes, you know, right. simple. But, you know, even even still, like, you know, people... Everything's different and volume and all yeah. of this. Stuff. And that was the other thing. Yeah. Like, nothing's the same. Do you have, when you when you get the major bendies made, like, is there a certain, like, volume that you that you guys have to order in? Is that constantly changing depending on the, the talent? Like... Um, so in the beginning, we had to order a thousand per style. And... Since then, a thousand per mold, and now I've gotten it down um, because we do so much now with the factory. They trust me. Um, we pay our bills on time in full, so <laughs> they like me for that. Um, I can now. I have leeway of moving the numbers down, so I I've cut those minimum orders by half. Um, so that gives us the opportunity to do people that we wouldn't have done in the beginning, um, that we didn't think would sell as well, but we still want to do. Um, and then, you know, we do the, the paint variants. Um, once that mold is made, we can kind of do whatever we want to do, but if it's a, it's a complicated figure, the factory likes us to order a higher amount because if it's complicated, take for example, Dan Housen, um, there's someone who has to retouch that by hand Mm. to make sure that it's accurate. And that takes them time to figure out the the correct process. So they're going to screw up about 20 that they have to discard because it won't pass the quality assurance. Um, so the factory is losing money on those. Um, 
And so it'll, it'll take that 20. So, you know, if I order 100, there's, there's no room for profits for the factory to make. So they want that, that higher number for that reason. So now you mentioned earlier, you know, one of the first things you guys discuss is what gear um, to put each Fendi in. Um, yeah. How do you make those decisions? Like, you know, thinking of like the Brian Pillman, where it's ECW Arena Brian Pillman. Um, and you think like, you know, is that a Brian call or is that, you know, yeah. where do these decisions come into play? It's a mixture of everything. Um, we take into consideration, is this something that we want to do a repaint of later down the line? Um, do we want to do a chase? Did, um, is there going to be an issue with IP? Um, so we take into all those things, um, so for like the Pillman, that was a Brian call. Brian is the ECW guru. Um, and he was like, this is what we're going to do. This will work. I'm like, okay, your call. Um, and we're having those discussions now with, I'll say, well, I think Brian said it on Busted Open already. We're doing more ECW guys. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you know, Brian just gets final say on all ECW guys. But then if there's someone that we are working with and TTD did the gear design for, we kind of just like, all right, let's go do this way. It's TTD's work. It's easy. We know it's going to be accurate. Let's go. And we did that with Danhausen. Um, and, and obviously Matt and Brian and Swaggle, because uh, TD designed all their gears. Um, but then there's like guys like Conrad Thompson. We reached out to Conrad and said, what would be your signature look? And he explained it to us. And we just did exactly everything he said. We have the watch. We have the sports jacket. We have the T-shirt. We have the sneakers. Um, so, and then we also try to think what would be the first of something. Um, so that really kind of goes into our, our talent area because we were the first people to do it, Dan Housen. First Conrad Thompson. First person with Jeff Jarrett to say, don't piss me off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. First Nick Gage. Yeah. Um, First bendy pizza cutter ever. First mm-hmm. bendy pizza cutter. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any other firsts. I mean, you put you put yeah. Rick in the the whole situation with with Ric Flair's final match. You know, having him in the, the same robe that he was wearing. You know, to that match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was actually that was really if, great. If you want to talk about time frames, that has to be the craziest thing I've ever done. And I didn't sleep for, I think, two weeks. I normally don't sleep. I, I sleep about two or three hours a day. And that's why I think I'm very good at what I do, because I can stay up and talk to China all day and then go to my nine-to-five job and, <laughs> and then do bendies and major pod stuff. But um, the Vic Flair, Conrad had reached out to Matt and asked if he knew any toy companies that could do a figure for the last match and Matt didn't want to pitch us at first um, and pitched pro wrestling tees, uh, micro brawlers. And basically it needed to get done in less than three months in hand so that Ric Flair can sign them so that they can have it for the show. Pro wrestling tees just said flat out no. And then Matt was like, well, we have major bendies. I don't know if we can get it done. Let me ask my guy. Matt asked me, and I said, just tell them yes, we'll figure everything out. <laughs> oh, God. Because I was like, I'm not going to turn down this opportunity to do a Ric Flair figure. Oh, my God. 
I just said yes. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, you're wasting time. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> um, so basically, I, I told TDD, you need to have this art done by tonight. I passed it on to, uh, we had another 3D guy at the time. And I was like, I need this done in two days. Because he was, <coughs> he would take some time um, uh, to get things done. I'm like, I need this done in two days. I will pay you extra. And he got it done, sent it to China. And I told China, look, this is a big opportunity for us. We need this done right away. They had the sample made for us in two or three days. Um, had it overnighted to me. I quickly approved it. Um, then the pre-production they sent me pictures of the pre-production uh, figure for the mold after the mold was created. And I just said, don't even send it to me. Let's just start working on it. And um, we had the Ric Flair figure in hand in, I think, about a month and a half. Jesus. Or two months. And it was just like, I quickly shipped everything to Dawkins. Because Dawkins, um, the gimmick uh, lawyer, who's actually a real lawyer, um, <laughs> um, had Ric Flair sign everything. So we did it with enough time. I think we had an extra two or three weeks to spare. Um, That's wild. Yeah. Oh, and then like in between all that, TTD was you know designing the the packaging. He worked with um, Conrad's people to make sure everything was okay. And the, the trading cards, um, but yeah, everything just, it worked out really well. Um, is there things that I'm, I would have changed if I had the time? Absolutely. Um, I think we could have made the figure better, but for the time frame that we were given, I think we did an incredible job in producing a figure, which I went to the last match and they were selling the signed ones there for 200 bucks a piece. And I saw just people flooring to the merch stand, just buying boxes of them. And I was just there with um, Steve from Mattel. And we were just like, holy shit. And he just like looked at me. He was like, this is what you did. Like, you should be proud. And I go, I just want to get blacked out drunk right now because I am tired. <laughs> I would like to go to sleep. That's can somebody can I pay somebody two hundred dollars to put me to sleep? Yes. So so you know we've talked a lot about the talent so far and and you know kind of the the overall familiarity with with the line, but you know what a lot of people don't realize uh, you know outside of wrestling fandom, you know wrestlers are so connected to action figures like everybody that becomes yep. a professional wrestler is so familiar with the world of action figures they just kind of really go hand in hand but even in that world like bend bendies bendums are kind of in that niche when you're talking to talent and and you're like hey you know we, we want to make an action figure out of you have you ever heard of a bendum like like is it is it hard to do you think it's like harder to sell them on the idea of a bendum versus like a traditional action figure or have you not really come across that issue at all so <clears throat> I am fortunate to have two of the leaders in pop culture and collectibles in the wrestling business as partners. So they have years of experience in the locker room, years of experience chasing figures. And, you know, everyone just trusts them. So, um, when they approach someone and ask them, they will automatically say yes. Sometimes the, their main concern is, uh, what are they getting paid? Yeah. Um, but there are guys who you do have to explain a little bit to. Um. I just signed someone uh, a few weeks ago who I had to send a sample to and explain to them 
what a uh, a bendy is. They obviously trusted everything I was saying because I'm associated with Matt and Brian, um, but they didn't they didn't know what it was. Um, but they signed. Um, they were very happy to do it. Um, and then there was there's actually an agency that you have to go through for some of the legends. Um, and I went through that agency with British Bulldog and it took us three months maybe to get that deal Mm. because they just didn't understand the retro figures. And then they tried to pitch me other things that I didn't want to (laughs) do. They had their, they had their agenda and I have mine, you know, you just got to, stick to your grounds but um yeah they didn't know what it was i i'm still pretty sure they don't know what it is but we got it done (laughs) yeah i mean ultimately that's that's all that matters right is in the end you're getting a product out there that's that fits with what you're doing and represents the talent well so yeah yeah um but um british bulldogs kids did reach out to brian and um they actually reached I, I saw them at a convention and they were very grateful for what we're doing. And um, obviously they know Matt and Brian and they trust them fully. So um, like what I said, it, it just, it helps that I have these locker room leaders as my partners. Now, one of the things I think is I would say probably one of the more innovative things that the line does. Um, and you think of like, you know, the Hasbro's they, you, the only way to get the figure out of the package is to basically effectively destroy the card. Um, mm-hmm. and I think you guys and junk shop are the only people that I'm aware of that have done something like this, mm-hmm. um, where the card is basically something that you can open and close. Yeah. Um, and it's effectively its own protective case as well. Um, so like it's its own defender. Yeah. What was the thinking behind doing that? So I wanted something that could be displayed nicely and be signed nicely, but I also wanted the option of it being able to be displayed mock or loose. And, um, I did that and I think it just came out great. And and like you were saying with the, the, the kind of different ways to display and the autographs, TTD does such a great job on those card backs that even if you have, you know, like you take the figure out and, and display the figure loose, you can still put the card back back in that, that yeah. container and have it signed. And yeah. I mean, like I said, with like the packaging being art, being part of the presentation. TDD does an incredible job. I'm holding up our Pro Wrestling Tees exclusive Matt Cardona that is Ghostbusters inspired. Everything about this is just fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so, it's really good. so it has the slime, it has the um, containment stripe thing. So it's like, it, it's just cool. Um, and there's enough things enough space in the bubble to get a nice inscription and signature so um i just got one signed by matt and he's probably gonna hate me for saying this because now everyone's gonna want one like this but it's a nice signature on the bubble and then it, he put uh busted makes me feel good yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice people are gonna want it in red and white like yeah I, I, Guys, don't ask him to do that because he didn't even want to do it for me. <laughs> Bust out those paint pens. Get ready. <laughs> Have your paint pens at the ready. Yeah. Red would look good on that, though. I did a green. Okay. On this one. Yeah. I just wanted it to go with the slime. Slime and green. Slime green. Yeah. yeah. So, so with, you know, we've, we've mentioned that the major bendies kind of throw it back to the Just Toys, you know, WWE line. There's, there's nods. There's, you know, kind of that that act of like filling in the gaps. 
But are there plans to do um, anything else that the uh, you know that that line kind of originally had, like two packs or accessory packs, or or even new things like belts, or or finally perhaps a, a ring outside of the uh, the the oft uh, mentioned uh, uh, prototype ring? Any of that in the works? Um, we don't announce things until it ships. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. But you didn't say no, so <laughs> we don't announce things until it ships. Fine, fine. You know what? Actually, why don't we pause for a minute? Can you finish that beer and then maybe grab another like two, and then I'll ask you that question again. <laughs> See, the thing that, about this will me be the is... major PBR break where you where you pound See, a couple they... of tall boys and then we ask you questions and you answer them a little differently, right? That's. <laughs> See, the thing about me is I can drink all day, and I won't tell you shit. <laughs> you take Matt to a live show, and you give him two PBRs, and he's telling everyone everything. <laughs> you know what? We, we appreciate your stick-to-itiveness, Kanik. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, very, uh, it's, it's very admirable. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a kid from Union City, New Jersey. So if you don't know who uh, Joey Diaz is, he's a stand-up comedian who always talks about uh, where he grew up, which is Union City, New Jersey. And he always says, uh, the toughest motherfuckers are from Union City. And they'll never say anything and won't rat you out. Um, and uh, they're all dumb because they throw rocks at each other. And that's basically me. I'm just dumb throwing rocks at myself. Um, but I won't say anything. So before before we head into our final question, you know, one last thing to kind of, you know, uh, to to kind of close the, the the conversation here on on major bendies. But you know, what has been the biggest challenge so far with you know producing the line, and and what's been the biggest reward for you? Um, the Vic Flair was hard, but Matt, I think, is keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> we love you, Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope he hears this and fucking rips me a new asshole. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna make great. We're gonna make the news section of the uh, of of the of the, of the show. D freedom's already taken yeah, notes. Great, yeah, great. Um, D, I know you're listening, so I love you. Um, but I think that the the hardest thing was you know the time strains on Ric Flair. Getting orders out um, is tough because I'm literally doing everything on my own. Um, like January 11th, I think it was, we got 11 designs of Major Bendy's in hand. That's 70 cases of figures um, in my small house that I have to bring up to the attic. Each box weighs somewhere between 25 to 30 pounds. I'm five foot three, zero muscle mass. I legit failed gym twice in high school. I don't, I should not be carrying anything. And aren't you an asthmatic <laughs> too on top of everything else? I am very asthmatic. I actually took my nebulizer before this. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, um, we were chatting about nebulizers uh, pr- prior to like, like a, f- a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I had it's uh, charging it. There it is. <laughs> now it's the USB-C uh, nebulizer. Um, yeah, so that's tough. Um, you know, it's actually just been fun, though, doing everything. This is the most rewarding thing I've done because it, it's a lot of work, but then when it gets to the customer's hands and I get tagged every day, multiple times a day of people who are just happy that they received their order and they're happy how the figure came out. It it, it makes me super happy. And like, it always puts a smile on my face. I can have the hardest, toughest day and I get one of those tags and I'm just, it gives me joy for like those few seconds. And then I go back to reality and I'm like, why is Matt screaming at me? (laughs) Well, I think it's time for our our final question. So, uh, Dave, 
would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. So the final question we ask of all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each or it can be both. This is strange um, and I love it. So I was always into collecting, always into comic books and action figures. My dad, hardcore, you know, immigrant from Turkey, super tough guy. He was a boxer in Turkey. He taught explosives in the Turkish military. Toughest fucking baddest motherfucker you'll ever meet. Always just like, why are you playing with toys? Why? Like, he's like the super macho dude. And I'm like, yeah, science and comics and toys. Cool. Like, uh, it's just, it's like an odd couple thing. But he's now started to understand that what I do is cool. But when I was in high school, I was, I think, a senior in high school. We lived in a very large building complex, and um, we had like a, a room where you'd have to go throw out your trash, right? Um, and someone had thrown out an autographed Stanley cell from the animated Spider-Man cartoon series, and for some strange reason, he just had the foresight to grab it, and he brought it up, and he says. What is this? Is this worth any money? It has that old man that you like on it. Because <laughs> it's like a COA. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And a, like a photo of Stanley signing it, too. Um, and I was like, oh my God. And like, I quickly cracked the frame, got it reframed, um, and I still have it. And that's one of the coolest things that I have. Because it's like a gift for my dad, even though he didn't buy it for me. Um, it's- but he just... The next time somebody says that the phrase "one one man's trash is another man's treasure," like you yeah. literally, you, you have, have that, that. you you have it, you have a real life example of that. Yeah, um, I have that, and then um, I actually got to meet Stanley a few times and talk to him. Um, so I have a CGC uh issue number one of spider-man that from when they redid um the spider-man series so that's slabbed and then so that's together and then um i ended up actually becoming kind of cool friends with uh jason david frank Mm. um through a mutual friend and um he he would like invite me to like hang out with him when he was doing autograph signings. Um, and he would gift me all these things cause he just knew I was a big Power Rangers fan. Um, so I have a lot of stuff that he gifted me that I won't sell, um, ever. Um, so like I have a, a white dragon sword, uh, Funko pop signed by him. That's like some, uh, some eight by tens and stuff signed by him that were just personalized to me. Um, I actually did a powering just comic book with boom. Mm. Um, it's, uh, the green and white power ranger on both sides with Tommy in the center. And if you look, it's, um, the, his outfit, like his street clothes is divided based off of what he would wear as a white ranger and the green ranger. Um, I actually did that and he helped me promote it. And so I have that signed and slapped. So, um, those are, those are cool things. I, I, I appreciate things that are given to me. If that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. So, so Kanik, but before we, uh, before we let you go for the evening, just, uh, remind our listeners, where can they find you on social media? Where can they find out about uh, Major Bendy's? And and uh, you you have an announcement coming up for for WrestleCon, right? Yeah. Um, so social media, Canic eighty nine across all boards, um, all those things that the kids do, the TikTok and the Instagram and to Twitter. Um, it's K A N I K eight nine. 
Um, and then Major Bendies, you can purchase them at majorpodmerch.com. Um, we have Series 3 available. If you are a fan of Gangrel, I would jump on that right now. Because we're running down. Um, and same for Chelsea. Uh, and then we announced yesterday, WrestleCon. We have some really cool things happening. Once again, we do not announce things until it ships. Um, but once again, I'm going to just say it. We do not announce things until it ships. But we have things that we are announcing at Live 2000. And we'll have them at for display, possibly for purchase. It's going to be a fun time. It's exciting. I think, I think we're going to shake the wrestling world uh, at WrestleCon. Well, we'll be we'll be sure to cover it. Nice. You know, when when the news breaks, uh, you know, people will find it. Uh, you know, on on our social media at AIC underscore podcast, and of course, uh, we'll put links to all of the the uh, the places that you just mentioned. So you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we have the major pod merch link in the show notes and everything. Uh, as well as as your social handles, Kanik. This was awesome, man. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the pod and for for telling us the uh, the the major bendy story. Thank Thanks, you for man. having me. It's it was a blast. Dave, you want to send us home? Yeah. Um, listen to us on Monday and listen to the major pod on Friday. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Boy, we're prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.